Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Live from the South Street Seaport Studios in Lower Manhattan. I am Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Lots of guests today, all of them on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line, because there's a lot of news out there, and I'm warning you ahead of time, some of it is not particularly good. And that's not just if you're a fan of the Miami Heat, or the NBA in general, where the season could now end on Friday. And we'll talk to Wendy about that, the Lakers, their coronation, and what this might mean for LeBron when he joins me live in just a few minutes. But first, guys, let me know when Field is ready to go, because it's Field Yates who originally had the story this morning out of New England that we have a positive test for Stefan Gilmore and the Patriots game this Sunday against the Broncos is one of two NFL games that seems very much in question now as to whether or not it can be played. Here is Field Yates with us, our insider on the Shell Penzel Performance Line. Field, uh, good afternoon and thank you for the moment here. What have you got on New England? Yeah, Greeny, the Patriots obviously had the first piece of news on Saturday morning, which was Cam Newton testing positive for COVID-19 and not making the trip to Kansas City for the game that was delayed by one day. But as we know, just because you don't have multiple dominoes fall at the beginning of a COVID-19 situation, it doesn't mean that they can eventually, or they will not eventually fall. And the Patriots this morning uh, placed, or are going to place, cornerback Stephon Gilmore, literally the best defensive player in the NFL last season, on the reserve COVID list after a positive test. And while we don't know if it's directly tied to Cam Newton or Bill Murray, the practice squad defensive tackle who was placed on the reserve COVID list yesterday, obviously it's cause for concern. And as a result, the team has canceled practice today and has shut down their facility. Which is a terrible situation in any circumstance, um, but in particular here for a variety of reasons. They already had to, as everybody knows, move their game back last Sunday to Monday. So they played Monday night at Kansas City, traveled back deep into the middle of the night. So they were just sort of getting themselves together yesterday. Now they won't practice today. What can you tell us, Field, if anything, about the status of their game Sunday against a Denver team that, for whatever this is worth, will actually have extra rest. They will have been off since last Thursday. What, if anything, do we know to this point about the status of that game? That tomorrow is an incredibly important day, Greeny. Not just because of potential test results the Patriots will receive. On Obviously, teams are getting tested every single day around the league. But also, let's just use a little bit of logic here, which I think is important to do. The Patriots are not able to get back into their facility. And given that it's shut down today, it's not like you wave a magic wand or you flip one switch and everything gets back to normal overnight. Then you would be staring at the possibility of the Patriots potentially having one day of practice before a game on Sunday. And the NFL's got no choice but to probably end up playing a game of scheduled Tetris for the next 12 weeks of the regular season because – This is not the first time, it won't be the last time, and it's not going to get easier as we get later on into the season. So while we don't have a definitive word right now, I am told we have to very closely monitor the status of Sunday's 425 p.m. kickoff time. There's that game. There's also Tennessee. They had two new tests in Kansas City that came, excuse me, in Tennessee that came back today. So they still haven't reopened their facility. Now they won't. The status of their game with Buffalo this weekend is very much in question. And that's a very big deal because the Titans have already used up the opportunity of their bye week to reschedule last week's game. So now we start getting into the area of games being canceled, games being forfeited, the possibility of the schedule being extended for these games to be played. 
All of this now seems to be on the table. One more thing for you, Yates, while I have you. By now, I think almost anyone paying attention has seen this picture, and I saw that our crew on ESPN News just did a great job of showing it. At the end of the game Monday night, Stefan Gilmore and Patrick Mahomes having a moment together on the field. Gilmore's face is right up against Mahomes's face. They both have helmets on, but you know they're having that, that exchanging that sort of nice moment of respect on the field that we see all the time. That picture obviously looks very different now that we know that Gilmore has tested positive. So we know there have been no positive tests so far in Kansas City. But I have to believe, feel that that picture is going to be seen everywhere and everyone is on pins and needles with the Chiefs waiting to see what happens there as well. The exact phrase I was going to use is that the Chiefs are going to live on pins and needles for the next few days here because we know that just because you don't test positive during the subsequent day or two or even three days after potential exposure to somebody who is COVID-19 positive, it could eventually rear itself within your system. So it's going to be a timid few days for the Chiefs, Rini, and I think what you're going to see is an actionable result from that photo is the NFL is going to remind teams of protocols after the game, and they're going to essentially shut down activity following a game. Anything that comes within six feet, I think the NFL is going to strongly prohibit, which obviously that should be controllable when you have situations like players exchanging high fives and handshakes and pleasantries. And then you think about what happened last Sunday in Los Angeles when the Rams and Giants had the 2020 version of the Royal Rumble uh, after their game, the melee involving Golden Tate and Jalen Ramsey and dozens of others. The NFL is going to crack down hard on these post-game meetups because I think what we're realizing is that there's enough risk playing the games themselves and traveling to those games for the away teams, the NFL is going to have to do its best to cut out any additional risk. And I think that post-game interactions are one of the things you will see go. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive's Home Insurance. Get your quote at Progressive.com today. Thank you, Field. Thank you for the insight and the information here. And stay close by in case there is anything further. That's Field Yates with the latest out of New England. And again, it's there. It's in Tennessee. All eyes and ears clearly are on Kansas City now and other places. And I've said many times that this is going to be what we have to live with as fans and what they all have to live with as a league in football 2020 because this isn't going to stop. This certainly isn't going to be the last time we have this. There are a few questions that come up. The most obvious one is, can they get to the finish line this way? If you had asked me on August 1st or something like that, the first week of August, when all those baseball teams and players were testing positive and games were getting canceled, If you had asked me then, do I think baseball will get to the finish line? In an honest moment, I would have told you no. And of course, not only did they get to the finish line, and here they are now playing postseason games on neutral sites, but only two teams wound up not playing 60 games. 60 as opposed to 16. So they did extraordinarily well. Far better than I would have expected. So far be it for me to say the NFL can't do this. But it's not going to be easy. And it is worth another reminder that Dan Graziano said to me on Get Up about a week and a half ago, and I will continue to repeat this, fairness cannot be the first priority. It's not about what's fair. The Patriots flew back on Monday, and they didn't get to work on Tuesday, and now they're going to get to practice today, and the Broncos have extra rest this week, and the Patriots might only get one practice. It's not fair for them to play the game this Sunday. Correct. It's not fair. Doesn't mean they won't do it. Fair can't be the first priority in a pandemic. Getting to the finish line has to be the only priority. And the reason is simple. 
There are billions of dollars at stake. Billions. The National Football League is a multi-billion dollar industry, and all of that is at stake. They need to find a way to get the season continued. Now, one of the things that will come to mind, obviously, is the bubble. The NBA, the WNBA, Major League Soccer, um, National Hockey League, all of them in a bubble. All of them had, I'm not going to say they had no trouble getting to the finish line, but they got there relatively easily. It worked for obvious reasons. The more care you take with stuff like this, the better your chances are of it working. It's also, of course, an extraordinary sacrifice on the part of a lot of people and very expensive. Despite that, I asked Dan Graziano this morning on Get Up, is a bubble an option? Being told that is not under consideration. The league and the union believe these protocols will work if followed, and they believe that what we're seeing is a result of them not being followed. (sighs) Look, I can't sit here and tell these guys what they should do. And in this case, more than any other, I won't do so because they are obviously privy to tons and tons of data and information that I don't have at my disposal. Roger Goodell has on his desk right now all sorts of information that I don't have. So there are probably reasons why this is an impossibility. Keyshawn Johnson ran through some of them this morning on KJZ. You're taking people away from their families for long extended periods of time in the regular season. As you get to the playoffs, you're one and done. So you could be away from your family for a week or you could be away from them for a month. It just depends, but I think it's feasible for sure. He's talking about the playoffs. He's suggesting the regular season is not feasible. This is the first week of October. If I'm just making this up, they were to go into a bubble until the end of December, let's call that three months. Call it three months. When did the NBA players go into their bubble? LeBron and the Lakers, Jimmy Butler and the Heat. I know that it's only two teams left at this point. It's not 32 teams going in. And obviously they don't. There are so many more things that would go into having a football season in a bubble than go into having the basketball postseason in a bubble. I totally get it. And that's why I'm saying Goodell has all of that information in front of him. I don't have it. I don't know it. I'm just saying the personal sacrifice you'd be asking on behalf of the players and anyone else involved to me would not be a a reason that you can't do it. Lots of people have sacrificed a lot more than that in the interest of making a living. So that would not strike me as the reason you can't do it. There may be logistical reasons you can't do it. There may be financial reasons you can't do it. There probably are, because I think if there weren't, they'd do it. So can the NFL get to the finish line? Honestly, how do I know? I'm rooting for it like crazy. And I will say to you now, as I said to you during the pandemic, all through this, when I was hosting Get Up, as I've hosted that show, it costs the same to be optimistic as it does to be pessimistic. So I'm going to be optimistic, but I will not be unrealistic. I won't lie. I won't sit up here and lie to you. I would be lying if I said I wasn't worried. I'm worried about their ability to get through this. Greeny with you on the um, on, on ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. Let me get Brian Winhorst in here on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasolini's return our attention to last night's Game 4 of the NBA Finals with the Lakers now on the brink of a championship and an even stronger air of invincibility about this series. Even before it began, it felt inevitable. 
that the Lakers were going to win now. It certainly feels extraordinarily so. Brian Winhorse, thank you as always for the time. What is your, how would you assess where you think it stands right now? Up 3-1 Lakers going to a game five with an extra day Friday night. Boy, is it nice to have Anthony Davis and LeBron James on your team. I mean, it's just really nice. Uh, the option that Frank Vogel went to, putting Anthony Davis on Jimmy Butler. Look, Butler had a good game, but the point which which the Heat are at right now, they need Butler to have spectacular transcendent games, uh, or they need somebody else to do that. And it's just such a high bar for them to clear. And then, you know, the one thing that I thought that the Lakers would have an issue with this whole season, dating back 12 months when they were actually in China going through their ordeal one year ago right now, I didn't think they had a third player. But Greeny, they have steadily and, in my mind, sort of surprisingly, been able to find that third player depending on the moment. And last night it was Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who had one of the most important games of his life, delivering those 15 points, delivering those two baskets late in the game. And when you have a team that delivers at that level, with that kind of star power, that's a championship. And you saw a championship performance in the second half from LeBron. You saw a championship defense and a championship uh, rise up from a role player. That's how you get those rings. Ryan Winhorst with me. His podcast is called The Hoop Collective. You know, I will tell you that I expected last night's game to be a rout. I thought after a somewhat sloppy and disinterested performance in Game 3 um, and Jimmy Butler playing the way he did, that LeBron would do exactly what he did, wake up from a nap ready to with his hair on fire and sending texts to everybody and saying, let's go out there and run these guys off the floor tonight and show them they don't belong on the same court with us. And that isn't what happened. This was a game that could have gone either way. And the Heat had a couple of looks. Tim Lugler did a really good job breaking down on, on the TV show this morning. Um, the moments that the Heat missed what were essentially makeable shots, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Jimmy Butler, shots that might have turned this. So with that thought in mind, what chance do you give Miami of winning a game five and extending this thing on Friday night? Yeah, I think Miami is, they have the ability to win any game in this series, but it their margin for error is just narrow. They need Jimmy Butler to have a classic game. They need to hit a bunch of three-pointers. They need Anthony Davis to be in foul trouble. They need the Lakers role players to go cold. It's going to be very difficult strength on strength for them to win. That's just a reality. And once they lost Goran Dragic, who was their leading scorer, um, they're going to have even a lesser margin for error. So, yeah, I give the Heat a chance because, look, Duncan Robinson hasn't had a game in this series where he's gone six of nine from three. They haven't had a game where, uh, you know, LeBron has been off and AP has been off. They haven't had a game where they had an unexpected rise up. I mean, even though Tyler Hero has scored a lot of points, he has not done it efficiently. His shooting percentage has been down. So, of course, I give Miami a chance. I have immense respect for them. And they're a very good team. They just don't happen to have the star power of these Lakers. And so uh, I think this has been a respectable series. There are many series that are, that are short but not close, and there are series that are close but short. This is a series that is close but is probably going to be short. Yeah, we'll see. I, I like Miami to win the game on Friday night and force a game six, and then it come to an end there. We'll see which way it goes. But, Wendy, let's let's live in a world where, indeed, the inevitable does happen, and, and that is that the Lakers and LeBron win here. I have two questions for you. The first is about the possibility of a mini-dynasty. I said this here last week, and some people were questioning what I meant. I believe the Lakers go into each of the next two seasons at minimum – 
as the favorites to win the championship. There will be no duo in the league that figures to be better than LeBron and Anthony Davis. It also is a place that players generally want to go play, and the ring chasers, I would imagine, will be interested in a big way. So do you think we could be looking at the beginning of a little mini dynasty here for the Lakers where maybe they win two or three in a row? I always felt that the Lakers' best chance with this group would be in 2021 because I thought they would need another transaction cycle. We saw this with LeBron in Miami and a little bit in Cleveland. He won in his second year there because they needed a transaction cycle to figure out the pieces to add. And because the Lakers took their team, they were at one point down to like three players before they started building this up. I felt that they would need this offseason. And by the way, this offseason coming up, money isn't going to be a number one factor. There's not going to be a lot of spending. So players who otherwise would chase money, role players, may look at Los Angeles and say, listen, if I can't get the high salary that I want, let me go play and live in Los Angeles. Let me go play for a title. They may be able to squeeze a better quality of free agent, whether it's a minimum level player or it's a role player like a Paul Millsap or somebody like that, but they may have not gotten had there not been a pandemic. So I think that the Heat um, or the, uh, the Lakers situation into next year is going to be very strong. My expectation is the roster that they report back with for the 2021 season will be better than this roster. And that follows along what you say. This could be another moment. LeBron is in an incredible moment right now where he has achieved maximum consciousness as a player. We saw this with Jordan's second three-peat, where he is in complete control of the game and all the mental aspects and also has the physical ability. We see so many players who are great mentally and their body starts to fail them. Well, LeBron is in this glorious moment where his physical ability is still extremely high and his mental ability is extremely high. This is Jordan's second three-peat level. Does he continue to stay healthy? Does Anthony Davis stay healthy? I don't know, but this is what we're seeing, that Jordan 96 to 98 that power that he had, that's what we're going to see LeBron in for the foreseeable future. I agree, and which brings me perfectly to my second question, which is, if he gets his fourth championship here, and they should win another one, now he's at five. That's Kobe level. That's Magic level. And we all know what number six would mean. You've known LeBron basically his whole life. How fixated do you think he will become on number six if he thinks he has a chance? LeBron... LeBron wants to win everything. He, he, you know, his, his, my, one of my favorite quotes is, I want it all. I, I want the glory. I want the money. I want the titles. I want everything. What I will say is this. When it comes to discussion about great players in history, I have identified that there are two different groups. There is one group that only cares about the counting numbers. How many rings do you have? And if you don't have the same amount of rings, there is no negotiations you can have with those folks. And for those people out there who want to count, then that matters. Then there are other people who have a different feel of the game and have, a, in my view, a more nuanced and well-rounded view. For those folks, there already isn't a question. LeBron is, if not the greatest of all time, a shade behind the greatest of all time, and we can spend the next six hours debating it, and it's not really a question. To me, that's already been established. His legacy is already established. In my view, it doesn't change whether he gets a fourth or a fifth ring. But obviously there are people who don't feel that way. For LeBron, he feels his legacy is established. When he came to L.A., he felt it that way. That doesn't mean he doesn't want to chase more because he wants to remove all doubt. It's Brian Windhorst again. His podcast is called The Hoop Collective, and his coverage is just outstanding. Wendy, thank you. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Green. That's Brian Windhorst with me here. I think that's going to become a really good topic. I've been doing talk shows a long time. 
the topic of LeBron James chasing six or seven rings is going to be really good. Speaking of a sixth ring, you may have heard about some films that we did at ESPN this past summer. They were called The Last Dance. Well, for those of you watching on TV right now, I've got this Blu-ray collector's edition of The Last Dance, the Blu-rays of all 10 episodes with all this additional footage and everything else. Well, guess what? Today, I'm giving away three of them. Your chance to win one absolutely free is coming up. You have to be listening in my second hour today, 1.40 Eastern Time. I will explain how exactly how you can win this Blu-ray collection, and I cannot begin to tell you how easy it is. What you have to do is easy. All you have to do is be listening to me. An hour and 20 minutes from now, 1.40 Eastern, I'll explain exactly how you do it. Meanwhile, coming up next, the best player in the world fired on his critics yesterday, and in so... Proved them right. Greeny, the podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from $25 and under to $100 and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like For the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Greeny with you as we continue on ESPN Radio again in my next hour. Your chance to win the Last Dance Blu-ray gift set. All you have to do is be listening an hour and 10 minutes from now, and I will explain exactly how you go about winning. I'm giving away three copies. It could not possibly be easier how you enter to win this. There's all this bonus footage, all kinds of things you didn't see when you watch the Last Dance videos on ESPN. I also invite you to be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It's official. College football is back, and so is your favorite Dr. Pepper-loving college football town, Fansville. Head to a store near you to treat your inner college football fan to an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. We'll take some calls a little bit later. Meantime, I told you a moment ago on a very busy day here, that the best player in the world fired on his critics yesterday and in so doing proved them right. That player is Aaron Rodgers, who is the best player in football. Right now he is. He actually has the best QBR through four games of anybody ever. Second and third on that list are Peyton Manning in 2013 and Tom Brady in 2007. Those are generally considered to be the two greatest seasons any quarterback ever had. The, both of them set the scoring record. The Patriots that year of Brady scored the most points of any team in NFL history. That was broken by Peyton Manning's Broncos. So that's the kind of season Aaron Rodgers is having. He's very good friends with my friend Pat McAfee. 
So Rogers goes on with McAfee yesterday, and McAfee asks him if he has anything to say to his critics, those who said he wasn't playing up to his standards last year. Rogers was terrific. You know, I, I, I sometimes laugh when people talk about, you know, down years for me, because a lot of times down years for me are career years for most quarterbacks. That's great. And McAfee's reaction was great, and everything about it is great. And that is obviously 100% true. Down years for Aaron Rodgers are career years for others. That's who he is. Now, one of the people he's talking about when he says his critics is me. I did talk about this a great deal last year, and the reality is that by normal human standards, Aaron Rodgers had a very good year last year. And the Packers went 13-3. and They were obviously good. And they were one game away from the Super Bowl. By normal human standards, by average NFL quarterback standards, even by very good NFL quarterback standards, his, he had a very good year. By Aaron Rodgers' standards, he did not. I don't apologize for saying it. I don't change my mind. The fact that he's doing this now doesn't have anything to do with how he was playing then. He was good last year. Let me rephrase that. He was very good last year. But for Aaron Rodgers, very good isn't good enough because he's better than that. Aaron Rodgers at his best is as good as anyone that ever played. Anyone that ever played the position. The most storied position in American sports. Aaron Rodgers is as good as anyone ever to do it. And the reality is, the last two years, he wasn't that. He wasn't his usual self. And it it did lead many to wonder... Is time catching up to him? Is it possible that we have seen the best of him? And I believe that there is a bunch of psychology going on here. I can't, I don't know him well enough to know all the details. But I do think there's something in a combination of the criticism, the team drafting the player that they did, um, and, and maybe just his own sort of understanding of the mortality of his career that has led him maybe to rededicate himself in ways he's not even fully aware of, reinvest himself in ways he's not fully aware of. I don't know all of that, and I, 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 don't, I don't even mean to speculate on it because I don't know him well enough to do that. But what is inarguable is that he is playing better now than he did either of the last two seasons. That is not, it's not even an opinion. It's just a statement of fact. So when Rogers says what he says, I think it actually proves the point that some of us are trying to make. Dominique and I talked about that today on TV because we talked about that for the last two years. Aaron Rodgers didn't look like Aaron Rodgers the last couple of years. Now, you want to tell me, and if Aaron wants to say, that part of the reason for that was because last year he was learning a new system and it's a bit of a complicated one and it takes a year to get comfortable in it, perfectly fair. That's perfectly reasonable. That may very well be the explanation for why he didn't look as good as he usually does last year. But it doesn't change the fact that the, the, the criticism, if indeed it could be called that, the observation was not inaccurate. He's 100% right when he says, my down years are career years for most people. It's exactly true. It's true of him. It's true of LeBron James. It's true of Patrick Mahomes. It's true of Michael Jordan. It's true of the great ones. That's who Rodgers is. He's all those guys. They're a tiny little group, a tiny little cluster of, of, of the greatest of all time at their respective positions in all of sports, and he's in it. And he's in it no matter what happens the rest of his career. But he could have a really interesting little second act working here, and I'll be interested to see where it goes. 
Greeny with you, a reminder that if in any day you can't spend all this time with me here, that we make this into a podcast every single day. Hashtag Greeny is the name of the podcast. You get it wherever you find your podcasts. We put it in two little separate one-hour packages for you there so you can catch up on anything that you may miss. Always a lot of fun, and I hope that you will check that out and you can subscribe and you can rate and you can review and all of those things are always greatly appreciated. All right, next order of business, the terrible Dallas Cowboys. The discussion about just how terrible they have been. Well, I did an essay about it on TV today. So what I'm going to read for you now are some of the notes. My researcher is, is Hembo, and he and I work on these essays together. He sends me all the notes. He goes through everything he's got. He's just unbelievably good with this stuff. He picks out all the interesting notes, and then I write them, and we do them on the air. Let me just read you a few of these notes. I'm just going to read them as they are written, as, as they sit, without any flair. The Cowboys are worse than you think they are. They've run 307 plays on offense this year, which is the most in the NFL. They've only been in the lead for seven of them. That is the fewest in the NFL. ESPN has an analytic in which they can track your win rate defensively for pass rushing and run stopping. So stopping the pass and the run. The Cowboys are 31st in the league in both. They've allowed a passer rating of 114.3 this year, which is five points higher than Patrick Mahomes' career passer rating. The Cowboys' offense has scored on only nine of 25 drives in the first half, which is 24th in the league. They also have turned the ball over six times in the first half, which has led to them being outscored in the first halves of these games, in four games by a combined total of 38 to nothing. In fact, at halftimes of their games this year in four games, they have trailed by a total of 43 points. In their average game, they're losing by almost 11 points at halftime. Only the Jets and Washington have been worse. So this is not just about the defense. It is about the offense putting up a lot of relatively empty yards and points late in games that have already been decided. So however bad you perceive the Cowboys to have been so far this year, it's actually been worse. That essay is up right now on my Instagram page at ESPN Greeny if you want to check it out. Meanwhile, I will remind you again, one hour from this minute, I'll be explaining exactly how you can win the Blu-ray gift collection of The Last Dance. It's got all this extra footage, all these things you didn't get to see on TV. You can win The Last Dance just by listening to me an hour from right now. I'll explain how easily you can win. Meanwhile, coming up, if you are interested in broadcasting, you're about to get a lesson from the least likely person in all of sports. Greeny, the podcast. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets, but expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel.
This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. The first book I ever wrote, which was called Why My Wife Thinks I'm an Idiot, I put in there that the key to broadcasting, if you're interested in knowing how to be a broadcaster, not that I know everything, that's for sure, but the key to broadcasting is knowing where to put the pauses. See, a lot of people put pauses in the wrong places. So if I were to say to you, coming up next, I will tell you how you could win this Last Dance Blu-ray set. That wouldn't sound so good. But if I said, coming up next, I will tell you how you can win this, broad- this, this, this Last Dance Blu-ray set. It's all about knowing where to put the pauses. And a great evidence of that was given to us yesterday by the least likely broadcaster in the world whose name is Bill Belichick. Belichick, you will hear the questions, was being asked about his concerns. Now, these are all coronavirus-related, and obviously it takes on a little different tone with Stefan Gilmore testing positive today. But these are the questions. You will hear the questions, and just listen to the pause. You could drive a truck through the pause on the answer to the second question. Here is Bill Belichick. Noticed wearing the two masks in the game uh, last night, and I was wondering if, if is that a result of, of Cam's positive test? And are you, because of your age and where you fall into the high risk category, do you, are you concerned about about coaching and being involved in that? No. So then, why why the two masks? Basically, that's what we've been instructed to do. It's a four and a half second pause. It's a four and a half second pause from Bill Belichick. No one does excruciatingly awkward silence quite like Bill does. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. I said it a minute ago. Obviously, that sounds totally different now in the wake of the fact that we might be on the verge of a little bit of an outbreak in the Patriots camp. It was Cam. Now it's Stefan Gilmore, plus a practice squad player has gone on the COVID list and we'll wait and see. They're not practicing today. I would be lying to you if I said I'm not worried. I'll say again what I've said repeatedly. I'm going to be optimistic because it costs the same thing as being pessimistic, but I'm not going to be unrealistic. And I'm very worried about football's chance of getting all the way to the finish line. Now, baseball did it, and here they are. Baseball is in their postseason, and they're going to get to their finish line. I really hope football can. And I wonder if they will not have to have some more aggressive form of mitigation than they have to this point. There's a little bit of an honor system kind of situation going on here. I get that it's an honor system that involves um, the potential for fines and all of that. But all that is on the back end. All that comes after the damage has been done. Finding someone $15,000 does not make up for their getting the coronavirus and spreading it through your building. Because all we need is a few of those and the entire NFL season is in significant jeopardy. So I know these guys are taking this seriously. There's a lot of professionalism going on, and there are a lot of sacrifices being made. And I have nothing but respect for that. It's an incredibly complicated thing. Trying to put together a pro football season in the middle of a pandemic? Unimaginably hard. I can't fathom all that is going into making this happen. 
I just hope they can get to the finish. All right, uh, Greeny, uh, game five of the NBA Finals. They get an extra day here, and I told you earlier, I think the Heat are going to win. I think the Heat are going to win game five and force a game six. I thought they were going to get obliterated last night, and they didn't. The Lakers didn't just put them away. And I think the Heat, with the extra day of rest, they're much less deep. They're much shallower, whatever the word I'm looking for is, than the Lakers are. Only brought three guys off their bench yesterday. I think the rest will help them, particularly Butler, get Bam out of bio a little bit better, a little bit further removed from the injury. Maybe he plays a little bit better. I give them a chance, not to win the series. There's been an, an air of inevitability about this entire series since before it started. Lakers will win in six, which I believe was my pick before it all started. And that's still what I think. I think the Heat will play with desperation on Friday night and force that game six. My big friend, Mr. Kendrick Perkins, does not agree. I asked him on Get Up this morning, what do the Heat have to do to force a game six? And here's what he said. Get on their knees and start praying that a prime D way to Shaq is going to pull up to Orlando in the bubble. And even if they do pull up, we don't know if they're going to be, be able to make it out of quarantine in time. So right now, you know the saying, Greeny, the heat or dead bird tall grass is over. You can cancel Christmas. Well, so that's what Big Perk thinks. And again, if, if the idea here is the Heat coming back to win three straight games and win the championship, I put as close to zero chance on that as you realistically can. But winning one game and forcing a game six, I give them a shot at that. I, I actually think they're going to do it. And I think the Lakers will end it on Sunday night. And that'll be four championships for LeBron, and let's see where he takes it. That'll be the first for Anthony Davis, and let's see where he takes it. All right, greedy with you. Huge hour coming up, including your chance to win this Blu-ray set of The Last Dance videos. And Damian Woody joins me right off the top of the next hour. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can get more from Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN News. And don't miss Greeny on Get Up every morning at 8 Eastern on ESPN. Greeny, the podcast.